everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry, and uh, Kentucky lost by 60 today, Derek. I think that's uh, probably what we should open with. It was uh, just a disaster all the way around. Yeah, one of the worst days uh, UK has ever had under Mark Stoops. Certainly their largest margin of defeat of his era, but Sean, it's the worst loss. I mean, this was this was more than Joker ever got beat. It's more than Rich Brooks ever lost. It's more than how Mummy ever lost a game. You know, you have to go all the way back to 1996 for the last time Kentucky lost a game by this many points. So, yeah, yeah. we got a lot to talk about, I guess. Uh, not a lot of good things today. Basically, no good things, actually. Well, maybe like for a quarter, but... No, it was a pretty atrocious showing all the way around. Well, the thing that, you know, I I didn't think it would get to that point, especially the way the game trended in the first half. I was like, okay, this this score, sure, Kentucky's going to lose by two or three touchdowns, but I thought it would at least be look competitive at the end. Uh, but the way that that game played out, you almost don't even remember the first quarter. And the thing that I took away from it, Derek, is if you're going to get absolutely waxed by Alabama, you want to get something out of it late. They got absolutely nothing out of that second half. There was nothing positive came out of it for Joey Gatewood. There was nothing positive that came out of it for Bo Allen. So what you did is you just absolutely wasted a beatdown and got nothing out of it. That's that's the number one point I was going to make, and I'm glad you went ahead and, and did that because we're on the same page. I, I told my brother he came watch the game with me. The only reason I tweeted, the only reason worth watching this game is because we knew they were going to get destroyed. Just, just one, Alabama's way better than them, even at full health. And then two, once you knew some of the guys who were out, like I mean, anybody who was holding on to hope was just not living in reality, not trying to be mean. He just this game was going to be a blowout no matter what. So the thing that made it worth that was kind of what they did with Bo in there. And uh, Bo Allen comes in, and the you know one they get a Wilson. They t- they took Wilson out earlier than I thought they would. To be honest with you. I tweeted that I thought he'd play one more series because it was like pretty early in the third quarter still after that pick six. So Gable got his two series. They both went three and out, and then Allen comes in, and yeah, that first series is bad. I mean, he gets sacked twice. Uh, next series comes in, not much better. He had Cummings open, missed him on a throw, and then um, he gets sacked again, and I threw in completion, I guess. Okay. both Yeah, both those. They tried to run once, and it got stuff. So like you said – your backup guys come in and go 0 for 6 passing. Kentucky gets 27 yards. So, like, after the pick six, they didn't they didn't even complete a pass. So, it, it's a – like, this offense, Sean, is a absolute disaster. And what's kind of crazy is it wasn't that way for, like, the first quarter. They actually looked kind of confident for a quarter, and then it all went to hell pretty much after that. Yeah, and those issues that we've been talking about and the coaching staff's been talking about, Ever since the fall, like when well when it first started, the red zone issues. Uh, you get down there, you get you get a Landon Young penalty out of character for him, and, and it you know, backs you up and takes points off the board. And then you have a, a bad snap, and uh, you know Cade DeGraw was that is that who the snap that is who the snapper is on field goals, right? Yeah, I don't think I'd ever written his name before in print, but he got a, he got his name written a few times today. I don't know if you remember or not. There was an episode that we had in August where we were just rattling off. Or maybe, oh, no. maybe September we were rolling <laughs> off the depth chart, and you asked me after you said How, I heard you throw in a Cade DeGraw in there, and we I think that that was the only time we thought we'd mention that name. But uh, sure, those those points that you know got mixed up there, it, it didn't matter in the end, Derek. They just they didn't have any fight. Uh, Kentucky was down, obviously ten guys due to injury or 
COVID or contact tracing, uh, I guess you can go into next week with Florida thinking they're going to be thin again. I don't think that they're going to have all those guys back, and who knows who falls between now and then. But at the same time, even though they're missing 10 guys, even though that this team is dealing with a lot outside of football, I honestly never thought that we would see Mark Stoops' Kentucky program at, at this point in his, his tenure get beat by 60. And honestly, uh, Alabama just ran out of time. Yeah, I really struggled with how I wanted to approach this um, this post game because it was it's a rough week for him. He had Schlarman's Memorial on Monday, then you find out I think on Friday. I don't know if he's got tested positive on Friday or what the deal was, but I guess it sounded like they found they practiced all week <laughs> with the intention that these guys were going to be playing some of these kids who were out, and then they didn't get to. So you basically wasted a week of practice in terms of how you're going to use guys. So I mean, you, maybe you could have played some. You know, I could have given some more reps to some of these guys had they known they are going to play. But, Sean, at a certain point, at what point do you draw the line and stop making – and I'm not trying to use Sharman saying – I'm not saying it's an excuse, but, like, in terms of the offense, how how long are we going to give these guys? Like, they've been awful for a whole year. Like, this whole season they've been terrible. And, yeah, they had some things going against them today, but, like, what's – they still they still suck today. And they've sucked for a few years now. And they've pretty much always been bad throwing the ball since Eddie Rand's been here. So – in a vacuum, solely looking at this game, like, yeah, you can point to some things that certainly didn't help. Do I think they lose by 60 if they have all those guys? No, of course not. I mean, it still wouldn't have been pretty, but, like, it's I think if Chris Rodriguez is there, they would have scored a touchdown, you know? So, point is, uh, two of the last four games, uh, they scored 10 points against Missouri, so they scored one touchdown. They scored three points against Georgia, and then they scored three points against Alabama. You scored six points against Georgia and Alabama this season. Six. They didn't score a touchdown. That's just ridiculous to be in year eight and not be able to score one touchdown. We're not asking Kentucky to beat these teams. We're asking them to like just score some points, like look competent. And they've just been awful this year. I, next next week against Florida is gonna be more of the same thing. I don't think they'll lose by sixty, but with these guys that are down, I'm sure more guys are gonna test positive because that's how we've seen it happen with teams. I'm a little skeptical that game will even get played, honestly, right now. Yeah. Um, although Supes did say they weren't really near the threshold today, but we'll see how much that changes. So you're going to get destroyed next week probably. And then, okay, let's say they beat South Carolina. Sean. Let's just say they do. What's it matter at this point? You go four and six this year. You didn't have any impressive wins. I mean, South Carolina's already fired its coach. There's no other way to view this besides a huge letdown this season. It's been a very, very bad season. There's outside circumstances that need to be factored in. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. But there's no other way to look at this other than just a huge setback for Kentucky football this season. I'm just I'm going to say this. This is going to sound absolutely awful, coming from someone who covers the team. I'm ready for it to be over with. Uh, I'm tired of watching. Yes, I'm just ready for yeah. it to be over. Like I'm tired of watching it. I'm tired of watching these guys struggle through it. Because I mean, honestly, Derek, even after the first two games, we we still had that feeling of you know this this probably is not going to end well. And then they rattle off two wins back to back. And then it's kind of just been, I mean, it's just been downhill since then. Like, it just continues to just nosedive. And I'm not confident that it gets any better next week. I mean, hopefully you see them come out with some fight and, you know, finish off some of those drives. I mean, that offense looked entirely different in the first quarter. The way that they were shifting things around, I thought they were putting Terry into spots to where he could be successful to play with Rig going in motion. And then they rolled Terry out to the right. It was one of the best Upshaw. play calls. Or, yeah, sorry, um, Upshaw. I'm all messed up. But 
I thought that was one of the best play calls of the season. And it was just a simple play call, but it was a situation to where they put both those guys in a success to make a play. But the problem is they have no down-the-field passing attack at all. Like, there's nothing there. And at some point, to beat teams, you have to do that, especially when you don't have Chris Rodriguez, especially when you're playing Alabama. But, honestly, I'm ready to just pull the plug on this thing. Like, I honestly, I'm over it. Like, I just – I think Stoops is over it. I think that that's the, the mood that I get from him on interviews. I think they're all over it. And I think now what it's becoming is uh, – honestly, Derek, is it becoming more of a burden for everybody to still have to go out there and just keep fighting through it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I agree with you. I got that vibe from Stoops. Um, one of those Monday press conferences, maybe the one after the bye week. Uh, I think it was even before Slarman passed away. I think that was the week that it just seemed like they were kind of done. Uh, at least Stoops kind of seemed that way. I, I'm just trying to think of just what, and here's what I'll say too, Sean. And this kind of tells you how bad the situation is. I, I think they were right. And I didn't think I would say this. I think they were right to convince Terry Wilson to come back because you see how bad it might have been had it been Gatewood. And, and again, say it was Gatewood or Allen, they would have now had a few games under their belt before they would have had to come to Alabama. But, and and again, uh, as I'm saying this, I'm kind of catching myself because Kentucky did score all of three points tonight. So it's not like maybe it would have made a huge difference, three versus zero maybe. Um but with Terry, you're right. In the first half, they did do some things where he, he looked pretty comfortable. Biggest criticism of Terry, and it is what it is, he's not a good downfield passer. They had a few fades to Ali that were there. Uh, and he I just he just does not really hit those. He never has in his career. And that just really puts a cap on what you can do. One, UK doesn't have any great downfield passing threats. We can establish that. I think we have already. And then two, Wilson doesn't really hit them whenever they do have the chance to. And it's not to say that Joey or Bo would have done any better. I don't know if they would have. It's just the limitations that they have this year. But I've got the thinking, I guess I would – like what do they need to do the next two games to – to me it's all about saving interest for next season. And maybe they're already past that point. Maybe anything short of a schematic change or a coaching change on that side of the ball in offense, maybe people aren't going to be happy either way. But well, this, is, this has been a bad, 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 bad offensive season. Like – well, they finished with today passing, 120 yards. So there's they're not they're not gonna move up any. They're still gonna be one of the worst passing offenses in the country. And uh, at this point, it's not even like on. I'm not even putting it all on Terry. Like he, he did no. some decent things. The pick six, not even that big of a deal. I mean, they were gonna lose either way. Like I don't know. It's just uh, the the number one point you brought up is I think what we should probably focus on. It's that this was a chance for some young guys maybe to see what they do. Sean, no young guys made any plays tonight. Like nobody did. No, when at all we when you look back on this season, when it's all said and done, we're going to look up and we're going to say essentially there were two years where there was absolutely zero development at the skill positions, yeah. the wide receiver, just because there's just nothing there. Like honestly, they're to me, I'm convinced that they're running slant after slant because they know they can't do anything else. Or they're running screenplay after screenplay because they know that they cannot throw the ball down the field. Well, here's the problem. Teams start jumping on those routes. There was one point, Derek, they went five wide, and I'm pretty sure everybody ran a slant. Yeah. Like, I don't know yeah. I don't know what you do at that point. I just feel like it's a lost year. And Mark Stoops if, is really going to have to look at this when this thing is done and decide, you know, what needs to be – changed if they do make a change it would be the fourth offensive coordinator 
in his tenure, right? Because you had Neil, Shannon Dawson, and now Eddie. I don't know, though. Like, I'm not calling for someone to lose their job, but somebody has to do something. Like, something has to change. Either either it's Stoops that's doing, like, is the problem, or it's Grant that's the problem, or they need to recruit better guys at skill positions. I don't know. Like, I Isn't just, it have been that this philosophy that maybe Stoops fell in love with the way Benny Snell played and the way they were able to win games, and that has thus caused very bad recruiting at the wide receiver position? It's, I, mean, I think that's probably an option. Well, and two, tonight, you knew that there was a talent gap between Kentucky and Alabama. Oh, yeah. That's evident. I mean, that's just something that's never going to be completely closed. But the most alarming thing to me was the gap in offense and in philosophy and how you run offense and how you play offense. That was what opened my eyes tonight, is you actually got to see it. When you watch Kentucky spiral out of control and do this thing, then you see Alabama doing the things that they do at a program who was never, who was, you know, pretty much just pounded, pounded, pounded on the ground, regardless of who the head coach was. The game has evolved. Kentucky is falling behind. And I don't know what you do to catch up. You feel like you have a quarterback in place that can, but at the same time, you have to have weapons. You have to have people to throw it to. I've said it multiple times. You could bring Andre Woodson back. Or Tim Couch. I don't think that this offense would move the football. I really don't. Yeah. Like a perfect example is the play there. I think it was in the second quarter when Kentucky was driving. There's, you know, Ali runs a route to the pylon, comes back, and there's just no separation there. Like none. Like the Alabama DB is right there. Ali had no chance at catching that ball. There's just no separation at those positions. And I, I've had people reply to me say, it's not the wide receivers. Oh, it's not the quarterbacks. It's like, well, it's something. Something's not working. Well, it's everything. It is. I mean, it's a collection of it. It's it's all yeah. it's all it's it's just, it's a boat with a bunch of holes in it. And once you think you got the leak stopped, here comes water up the other side. And they're just over here just trying to plug holes. And what's happening is the SS eighty Graham just keeps sinking. So <laughs> I don't even know what we're gonna do. So like the thing is, they're obviously still a, a run first type offense. That's fine. When Rodriguez is there, I mean, I think, I mean, hell, some of those holes that uh, Rose had today, I mean, it's not to take a shot at the kid. We don't even talk about what he said after the game. But, I mean, Rose averaged 6.8 yards per carry today. And if Rose is doing that against Alabama, I'd love to see what Rodriguez could have done against those guys today. So, end of the, end of the, I mean, at the end of the night, that was going to be a loss no matter what. But, I mean, Sean, they go, and I know they played some young guys in the second half. They did some things different, but 27 yards in a whole half, one first down. I mean, it's just, it's so broken. And like you said, I just, something's got to change. I mean, because they're at the point where they're looking at seven wins tops every year. And maybe people are fine with that. I don't know. Well, you got to set your uh, expectations realistically at some point. And I don't know what number I would put above seven because it's probably not much higher than that. But at the same time, Sean, if you are going to win just seven games a year, how many fans out there would just sit and say, okay, if if, if there is a limit on what this is going to be able to be, can we at least like have some fun watching this team play? Well, because even the wins aren't aren't really all that uh, pleasing to watch, I guess. Well, I didn't leave I didn't leave Kroger Field last week feeling all giddy on the drive home because of what I watched. Honestly, I was yeah. kind of just glad it was over. Because it's just so, it's like, I don't know, I just, it's hard to watch. It is significantly hard to watch. Um, if, let's say that there's a normal year next next year with attendance, 
I think season ticket sales are going to be in the tank. I think they're going to be dropped off significantly. One, because I think people are still going to be recovering from a pandemic if we get there. And two, I just think that the buzz around it is gone. Like, I just don't think that anyone's going to let themselves believe that this program can compete in in the East. I, and I, I'm too, I mean, sure, some of it, you know, this is a weird year. But then again, Derek, I mean, there's still no excuse. Everybody's in a weird year right now, and you still see the programs that are good be good. Like, they're they're winning games. Uh, nobody's been as bad as Kentucky has offensively. Like, it is to the point that I don't even know why they don't just snap it to a running back every time. Like, there is no passing game. There is nothing down the field. It is just five-yard throws, and that's all they got. And then tonight, they couldn't yeah. even kick field goals. I mean, it's yeah. just all systems failure. Yeah, and what's probably – it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know if – I don't I don't know how much of a pass I want to give them. I don't know if I want to give them any pass at all, but, like, it is a different year. There are things that have happened to Kentucky that haven't happened at other schools. I mean, best I know, no other sitting offensive line coach or coaching other school besides the thing maybe one Louisiana has had anybody pass away. Yeah. So that's definitely different. But the problems that were here – I just keep going back to the preseason, Sean. Maybe we should have seen it before. I, I don't know. Maybe the quarterback position, I had no problem being, you know, having some speculation. And I, this is going to sound crazy for me to say. I would almost say that Terry is, has somewhat even exceeded what, what I expected from him this year. I didn't even know if he'd be able to really come back this year and do anything. And he's he's had some decent games. Even today, I mean, I criticize him for his lack of downfield passing, but, like, what you can ask him to do, he generally does pretty well. Uh, there's just a limit for him. But he's not the only one. I mean, you see what this group is working with. There's just not no. – I mean, the, the wide receiver room outside of Josh Ali is pretty much like group of five level. And I would say that there are probably several group of five teams that have better wide receiver units than them. So that that's the one position that has to have a major overhaul. And if it doesn't, then uh, they're going to be in a lot of trouble next season as well. So I don't know where, like you got to make some kind of changes, but it's like, there's almost so many that I don't know what Stoops is going to choose to address. And, and maybe what if, what if, what if Stoops takes the approach that this was just a, a weird year and doesn't really see the need to fix many things. I mean, is that a possibility? Yeah. If, if he does, then uh, you're going to be in big time trouble moving forward because you, you can't just chalk it up to being just a weird year. You can chalk up some things to being a weird year, but here's the other thing, Derek, they had a better downfield passing game with Sawyer Smith playing quarterback. Like, what? I just don't know how you get to this point in 2020 in the SEC. Vandy's throwing the ball downfield. Like, Kentucky cannot throw the ball downfield at all. And now I will say that I think what's happening now to just some of the morale and just some of the emotions and everything, I think that COVID fatigue is sinking in with these guys. And I think that just everything that they've gone through, they've been through a ton. But at the same time, even if you remove those problems and those situations and those that that stuff off the field that they've gone through, these issues are still there. That's what I, that's the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to to beat these guys when they're down or kick them when they're down. These problems, I still honestly think that if everything were fine, I think we'd still be talking about these same issues, even if this were a normal year. And it seems like the – and they've already started. I mean, say they as a coaching staff, like it's pretty obvious that they are grooming Bo to be the guy, and that's what they're riding a lot of their hopes on is that things are going to be different next year. 
But I kind of with you, like, I'm to the point with, like, Stoops and Grant. Like, Stoops has never had a good offense. I mean, they've had some some really good rushing attacks, but in terms of putting together the total package, they've never been a good, balanced offense. So until we see that, I'm not just going to buy in and say, oh, okay, well, Bo's going to be the quarterback next year. They're going to get some new receivers. Things are going to be better. Matter of fact, Sean, if you can believe it, they might even be worse next year. They might be a little bit better passing, but you're going to lose four offensive linemen off this team. Um, and – you know, it is what it is on this season. I don't know that I blame them, but they've not really been able to work in any new guys either. So yeah. in a year where it might make sense now at three and five where you just want to get experience, that's not the way they're going to play. We already know this. They they feel very obligated, very loyal to the seniors and guys like that who have played, and that's fine. I'm not saying it's the wrong move. I'm just saying there's going to be a consequence for that next season whenever you show up for the first game and you're playing mostly new guys who have never played whenever you could have given them a shot last year in a pandemic year that didn't really matter to begin with, but chose not to. And it's fine. I mean, there's different ways to go about it. That's the route they're taking. You'll just have to live with it next year when there's going to be some growing pains. So that's why I almost am in the sense that like, I do think there are going to be some, and this is no inside information or anything. I just think common sense tells you like Stoop seems to have a decently a decent grip on reality. So like, I think you'll have to make some kind of moves. I don't know if they will be major, if there'll just be a few positions here and there, but until I get this offense cleaned up, like I'm, I'm probably going to predict, I don't know, six and six next year, if that, because I think they can still win their four games and still be Vandy or Mississippi state. But like in terms of getting into this trap where we talk about them for the East, we can't do that anymore until they show some kind of offense that, yeah. Can can actually compete. Not not even they're not even competing with like some of these teams, Sean. Six points against Georgia and Alabama combined. That's that's ridiculous. That's that's awful. Well here's the thing too that I'm I'm gonna look at is how does next Saturday go? Because that is a game that has just been competitive minus one year, the entire Stoops tenure in Lexington. They've been able to compete with Florida. If they just go get drilled by Florida and embarrass Derek, I, I don't think that's a good sign in year eight. Because then you're starting to want – you knew that Florida was going to get things kind of figured out in their, with their standards with Dan Mullen. We said that when he was hired there, that he was – eventually Florida was going to return to being that top five, top six team. Yeah, they struggled some today. We saw that at Vandy. But one more point on the Bo Allen, Joey Gatewood thing, and then we'll move on because I want to talk about what A.J. Rose said after the game before we wrap up. You, you missed an opportunity last week against Vandy – to get those guys significant reps because you thought, I think we all thought maybe if Kentucky gets a big enough lead, you could give them at least a full quarter there in the fourth quarter and just, you know, back and forth between the two. You thought the same thing today. And that's pretty much what the second half was set up to be, but they couldn't do it. Like there was nothing there. They they didn't move the ball. Uh, Nothing positive happened in that second half. So now what you're looking at, I think the only way that you get one of those guys significant reps. Now, Joey did have a full game against Georgia. But the only way I think that you get Bo Allen's significant reps is if you just say, hey, he's the starting quarterback for a game. And you just kind of commit to to that. But do you do that? You don't do that at Florida. Do you do that in the final game against South Carolina? Nah. I don't think so. They'll start Terry on senior day at South Carolina. They pretty much missed that chance to to do that. Yeah. See, that's, that's what I'm getting at. So then what are you taking out of this? Like, what do you, what is the one thing you can hang your hat on? Like, they're, yeah, it's kind of like they're at the worst of like both worlds. Like they're going to finish with a bad record, and they didn't really do anything to build for the future. No, but you can at least look around at some of these other programs and think, okay, you can hang, you know, you can hang your hat on this, or you do this. Like last year, you know, they they won the belt bowl, they had a good finish, 
you knew that you could rely on the offensive line, and you knew that that defense was setting up to be solid this year. And one point that I would like to make, Kelvin Joseph has lived up to the hype. Yeah, he's been good. Like, he's good. And I'm going to say that because we were hard on him the first two weeks shocking, of the year. Yeah, shocking that the kid who's the highest rated kid on the roster is actually one of the best players on the team, huh? Like, yeah. you need to get a lot more guys like him. It's hard to do because he was an elite recruit, but, like, that's it, the difference is Alabama had, like, 50 kids. They had, like, 50 Kelvin Josephs on their roster, kids that were rated as high as he was or in the range, maybe not quite as high. But. And that that's the thing that stands out to me, though, is after those first two games, you know, he matched up against Seth Williams that first day, kind of got exposed a couple of plays. Uh, he hadn't played in a long time. He hadn't. For that. And that's what I'm saying. He came back today. And he he was really good. I thought he was. I thought he's been good ever since week three, uh, especially that week starting with Mississippi State and then at Tennessee and then today. I think that he's answered the bell and no criticism there. I think that's something. If you know if he's still around next year, I think that that's a piece that you can hang your hat on. But you've got to find something on the other side of the ball. Uh, and this leads me into what AJ Rose said at the end of the game. And now you have the full quote. Cause, yeah, I do. Okay, do you want to read it off? Yeah, let me read it. So the question was in regards to um, the red zone, not scoring touchdowns. And uh, he said, I would have just said we could have called better plays or better play calls to get us in better position. But it's just how the game flow was going. Uh, Grand called what he felt was needed. We've got to go out there and execute it. We felt at that. What do you think about that? Maybe being blown up slightly bigger than what it really was, but at the same time, he doubled down on it later in the press conference when he was asked about it again and still said pretty much the same thing. Uh, let me go find that quote real I think quick. It, yeah, Larry Vaught asked him about it, didn't he? About necessarily yeah, meant. We definitely could have taken – we didn't take advantage of being in the red zone. We definitely could have called some plays to even the game out, balance the game out, run, throwing. We missed opportunities and field goals and things like that, but that's just how the game goes. So that's what he said on a separate question later in the press conference. So he already went to Twitter and said that he wasn't calling out Grant and all that stuff. It's fine. It's what I would expect. And maybe he wasn't – maybe in his mind he wasn't uh, calling out Grant, but that's certainly how it reads to me and how it's a lot of other people have taken it. Well, So the, the, what's funny to me, Sean, is that I think a lot of people probably agree with that, but it's also coming from a guy who has maybe been given a longer leash than any other player yeah. on the team. Uh, whenever you have a guy like Chris Rodriguez who is going to be an NFL running back, yet Rose has continued to start over him the whole season. Yeah, that, that's a good point, honestly. And I, and I think, too, that, listen, the whole quarterback run on third and goal at the seven was one of the worst play calls of the Eddie Grant era, in my in my opinion. That was that was almost as bad as Shannon Dawson's, if it you know it were if, if it would have worked, you you know that comment that he made. Uh, I don't understand, like, what you're doing there. Like, I just don't get it. It's almost like you're like, okay, cool, let's just don't make a, a mistake and let's get three points. Well, if that's what you're doing, why would you even get on the plane? Yeah. Like, and then, I mean, the, the longest the longest ball of the day was the snap that went, you know, through the holder's hands. I mean, that was probably the longest ball Kentucky tossed all day. I mean, it was just, I don't it, know. It was, and for, I don't know. I don't know if they'll even care. I mean, this late in the thing, I don't. I mean, it wasn't a good look by any means, and there's probably a lot of frustration over there. I'd even go back and look, and I can't remember off the top of my head how how much Rose was involved in those red zone calls. Um, but it just seems like a, a lot of frustration. What I wanted to ask you is you, you're talking a little bit about the defense, and you said on the offense they've got to figure something out. If you're Stoops, like what are you even what are you even selling as hope for next year? 
Man, that's a tough question. Oh, well, Allen threw for 11,000 yards in high school, or what? Is that what you're going to sell? I'm glad I'm not Stoops, let's put it that way, because uh, he's going to have to do some uh, big-time selling because I, I don't know. I honestly don't know what you sell to you know to the the program and to the fans and everything that you're what you're moving forward because even if they beat South Carolina to close the year which they should given everybody that South Carolina is going to have out and has opted out and new uh, head coach is gone it's not going to be a gimme though it's not and that's the other thing like what I just don't know like I don't know what you sell I mean I guess you sell Chris Rodriguez but what's that's no different than what it's been for the last five years uh I don't yeah, know. Having one good running back against a unproven, like going with an unproven offensive line next year, is not the most appealing thing. Like I think Chris is very good. I think I'll have a really good year next year, perhaps. But I'll just ask you this before we wrap up: Why are they in this spot? Like, like why are they at this point? I mean, after a really successful three-year stretch there. Well, four years, but really three. You know, with the I think it all started with the year that they. Uh, I'd say really two. I mean, if you remember, 2017 was a disappointing season for the expectations to that's go seven true. and six because they were so supposed to be the nine-win team before the one that actually yeah. won nine the regular season. So I'll say two. Yeah, two. I mean, think about this. Here we're a couple of months away from being two years removed from the Citrus Bowl, and sitting there watching that team play, and then last year. W- why are they at that point? Are they at that point just because of the approach that they took offensively for four years? But they still threw the ball when they had Steven. Yeah, I think it's just that this wide receiver, like, grand recruiting, I think I think Grand Henshaw, Lamar Thomas, all those guys, maybe I shouldn't throw Lamar in there, but he didn't really bring anybody in at all in his two years. Like, they just didn't recruit well at all. Um no skill guys are any good. When too lot like Wagner was almost a gift that they even got him to quit, to quit playing the uh, power five basketball and come be a wide receiver. Like, but even going back then, Sean, like that's the thing about 2018 is they, they did a good job as a team to win games. And I'm not going to criticize them or anything for winning games that year. But like, if we would have had a podcast in 2018, we would have been having some of the same criticisms we have right now. I mean, they won games that year, but barely scoring at all. They just so happened to have Josh Allen, Mike Edwards, Lonnie Johnson, like three NFL starters now on their defense, and they were able to do that. This team, I don't know how many guys. I think they got a few NFL-type guys on defense, but it's not to that point where they can like take over a game for you. For the, They did it against Mississippi State, and they did it against Tennessee. All right, well, they gave up 63 today against Alabama. Uh, gave up 35 to Vandy. I know they still won. Gave up 42 to Ole Miss. Like, they've, like 2018 team didn't really have those kind of games, whereas this one has. But the biggest thing – and you already recruited players that weren't as good as the guys that Neil Brown and Chad Scott and all those guys brought in. And then you lost a whole year because, and it was fine, but you had to move Lynn Bowden to receiver or to quarterback. And those guys didn't get to have a year to develop. Terry was injured. So your quarterback position, your quarterback position and almost all your wide receivers didn't even have a 2019 basically. And it's really caught up to them this year. But the biggest thing to me is just the talent. They just don't have very good players compared to other SEC teams. And until that's fixed, it's just is what it is. And maybe that's why they try to scheme the offense this way this year is just to try to minimize their deficiencies the most they can. But what you see is when you play really good teams, you know, the results going to be how it was today. I mean, if, if Georgia had any kind of offense at all, and maybe this isn't a good comparison, but like, this was a very similar offensive day. They're, they're actually better today, I think, overall than they were yeah. 
against uh well they rushed for a lot more yards but they didn't really throw it at all so no just to to go back to your question like it's just talent I mean it's Jimmy's and Joe's you see what Alabama brings in their five-star freshman quarterback he throws like a 40-yard pass the first play well to another five-star guy that's what I was going to ask you before we close too I noticed that Kentucky fans were very they were more they're usually emotional but they were more emotional today than what they typically are. I saw a lot of people, you know, bickering back and forth. On and it's the, been a long time of bad football, man. Well, it's, that, and I was actually going to ask you this too. When you see Mac Jones out there slinging it around <laughs> and doing those things, do you think that that plays into it a little bit too? Just because that, you know, that guy was supposed to be at Kentucky. Like that's the way. That yeah. Like, can we correct that narrative coming from UK this week? That like that Henshaw, like Henshaw didn't discover Mac Jones. Like you could probably make the argument that Mac Jones decommitted because he did not like Eddie Grant and, and Darren Henshaw as much as he liked Shannon Dawson, and he had the chance to go to Alabama. Like he might have still gone either way, but Grant and Henshaw did nothing to help that recruitment. I don't know where that narrative was coming from from Stoops that like Henshaw was a guy who figured him out or anything because he wasn't at all. Um, but it's, I mean, yeah. If Mac and who knows, like I don't think Mac would have turned into what he. Obviously, he would not have had those pieces at UK to throw with. But I think I don't know how much I've really beat this drum on this podcast, but I know I've beat it to you. Like I've talked about it to you in our text. Like I would about guarantee you get Wandale Robinson if you have any kind of semblance of a passing attack a couple of years before he was being recruited. I 100% believe that Nebraska did a better job selling Wandale on what he would be in their offense versus what Eddie Grand. And Vince Mario and all those guys sold Wondell on being in the Kentucky offense. I don't think he had the faith in Terry Wilson. I don't think he had faith that he would get utilized the way he wanted to. And I think Nebraska convinced him of that. So I think so, if you had a Jaron Williams or a Mac Jones, I think you for sure would have got that kid. And I think you would have gotten some other guys to where you would not have been in this position that you are now. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, I do think those styles certainly hurt them. But, again, I don't think they ever go to that style if they would have actually hit on some of their quarterback targets. And I'll ask you this, too, before we wrap up. Sorry I keep coming back and asking questions. No, no, no. Just, I, I just keep – you know, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm not interviewing you, but I'm just curious to get your <laughs> thoughts. So we've seen all this recruitment and everything at the wide receiver positions, and we assume it's going to be better moving forward and going into next year. But are, can we guarantee that, though? No. Like, that's the thing that I'm getting at. You know, you're trying to hold on to this class. Will it? Do you think it will be different? Like, do you think that they have pieces coming in that can, you know, be solid with Bo, Bo Allen? If they can hold on to these commitments, I think it's a really good start. What they have to get to, like, I think this class is the most important because I, I think there are some good players in here. But you have to, it has to be a philosophical-like commitment, and I don't know – Again, I don't know enough if it's Stoops, if it's Grant. i got to think it's probably Stoops because Grant's offenses at Cincinnati were nothing like this. It was different competition, I know. But if you can get to a point where you can break out of the cycle and you can show that Bo Allen is a, is a good quarterback, you'll have an easier time recruiting kids in the future. Because I think it's a miracle they saw these kids committed right now because in a, in a time of an offensive evolution in college football, to get four pretty good commitments – to still be coming to your school, they've done a hell of a job recruiting apparently because you turn on the tape and I don't know how you recruit against some of the stuff that we've seen. I mean, I don't know what the answers you have for it unless you're just saying Bo's a guy, Bo's a guy, things be better. I like to think they will be, but there's no guarantee Bo's going to be great. I think Bo will be good. I think he's a good choice to lead the future. But uh, there's a lot that needs to be changed, though. 
And until we see Stoops commit to those changes, I, I don't know if you can say for sure it will be better. That's that's exactly what I was going to say, and this is my last point, and I promise you I'm going to close. Um, my thing, and I guess in my mind, my biggest question is, do we see this philosophy change at all? Because I'm beginning to wonder, as long as Mark Stoops is head coach at Kentucky, and I think he should remain head coach at Kentucky, but as long as he's there, maybe this is just what we have to get used to. Maybe this is just what we're going to see. But the thing is, Derek, at some point, this sport requires you to change and to adapt, or you'll get left behind. And that's the thing that I hope that Mark Stoops realizes going into this offseason, whenever the season's over, Sure, you're you're playing Big Ten style football with a lot of the Big Ten t- teams. You know the way Iowa plays and all those programs, but you can't you can't be if you're wanting to be one of the better programs in a Power Five conference like the SEC, and you talk all this talk about you know wanting respect, you've got to put up some type of offense, and you have to honestly, it's more about scoring points today than it is about stopping people. I mean that's yeah. the thing. Like Nick Saban is committed to it. Uh, you're, in, I think Lane Kiffin had a big part in that. I think that's why you've seen you know Nick Saban evolve over the last four to five years. Maybe that's what it takes, you know, with Mark at Kentucky. Maybe he needs to get what 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 I'm trying to get at is if it's Eddie Grand and he commits to Eddie Grand, you know what he needs to do? He needs to let Eddie Grand do it and maybe just pull some of the reins off of him. Maybe he does that. I don't know. I still like to think that Stoops has a hand in what's going on there. Maybe it's best just to take it out and just let him do his thing. Or if you bring in somebody new, let them be who they are. Let them do what they do. That's just that's my two cents on it. Because, honestly, I feel like that there's issues with not being able to throw the ball downfield. There's issues with the receivers not getting open. There's issues with play calling. There's issues with being conservative. And I think there's also issues with too many people having too many opinions on this thing, and they just need to let somebody just rock and roll with it and just kind of cut them loose. We talked about it earlier in the week. If you get to a point three years from now and you're still hovering around that seven and five mark, I mean, Stoops, what's his appeal then? And I know that's projecting the long way, but it's at the rate that it's going, I, like, I see it more likely being that than them suddenly taking a huge leap forward. So who knows what kind of his – I don't know. I think this is definitely a crossroads, basically, is what I'm trying to say for Stoops. And uh, like you said, Stoops is nowhere near the hot seat. No one's saying that. Um do I think he needs to strongly consider his next move in the program for sure? Because I like to think he's a smart guy. He has to be looking around saying, you know, we got to be able to do something on offense, especially like his style is only going to work if his defense is as good as like it was in 2018. And I think there's going to be certain years you can might be able to have a defense similar to that, but consistently is Kentucky going to be a top 20 type defense? Probably not. I don't think they can kind of recruit that way. To have that, he would like to think so, but I don't think it's going to be that. And uh, so far, the personnel, I think if they can get these kids signed and they don't have to hold on to them much longer, just about a month, then I think it's a good start. But at the same time, I think they're heading for another rough year next year, Sean, to be honest with you. On the offensive side, absolutely. On the offense, yeah. I mean, defense Defense will have a lot of guys back, I think. You get it'll help them next year if they can play a full schedule and they can ease these guys in and you're not having to play ten tough games. Like I well, think there's a pretty good chance there'll at least at least be a few non conference games and that'll help. But And we're not talking and we're not talking record. Like Kentucky could win eight games and look bad doing it. Like I th- I think that's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense at all? 
Because like might have been the case this year. I mean, really. Like I think that you're going to be able to. I think they're going to be able to play with Missouri, uh, South Carolina, depending on who they hire. And I, honestly, I think it will be. Even if they do make a big hire, you'd have to think it would take some time to get things rolling there. Uh, I mean, even LSU next year doesn't seem like it's going to be like no, that like, daunting in the home no, game. Like the schedule that's on paper right now, if you could yeah. just find something going into next year, you could have some success. But you've got to find something because here's the next thing too, Derek, with COVID-19 and numbers spiking and cases and everything, who says spring's going to be normal? Like we yeah. have no idea right now what this thing's going to look like. Uh all you can do is take care of what they're doing, but I think that you're running into this in college football right now that I think a lot of these teams are kind of just saying, you know, why, what are we playing for? Why are we playing? And I think Kentucky has to figure out, as Coach Cal always likes to say, what's your why? And I think that I think that they need to figure that out. I think Stoops yeah. has maybe even said that a couple times, what's your why? And I think that they all, even coaches themselves, need to look around for the next two to three weeks and say, you know, what's your why? Why are we doing this? What do we want to get out of this? and uh, figure something out. Uh, but before we wrap up, I want to make another shout-out for the Butcher's Pub. Two locations, one in Palmville and one in Williamsburg, Kentucky. Uh, Derek, they, they shut down for the weekend to get ready for next week, and they will be getting, doing curbside and takeout on Monday. So at both locations, the full menu will be available. I, I'm pretty sure they're still going to do the daily specials too, like the Wing Wednesday and Taco Tuesday and things like that, and have it available as curbside pickup. So please, uh, if you're in the area of Williamsburg or Palmville, get out to the Butcher's Pub, show your support, and show your support for your local businesses during the next two and a half to three weeks. Uh, But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. 